Well, thank you all so much for coming. If you take your seat, we're going to start with um, a very, very special uh, gift, a little special friend of ours. Uh, her name is Janessa. And are you still nine or are you ten? You're ten? Well, the whole thing is off then. <laughs> <laughs> She's ten years old. And just one day she announced to her mom, well, mom, I, you know, I, I memorized Genesis 3. And her mom is like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> so uh, then she recited Genesis 3. So, Janessa, if you'd come up, she's going to recite Genesis 3. So I'd like it all to be real quiet and just be blessed by what this child has done. Genesis 3, the fall of man. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said that you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said you shall not eat of it or touch it or you will die. And the serpent said that you will surely not die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And the, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and, is a, and it was a delight to the eyes, and that it was de, 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 desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruits and ate, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. And the eyes of both were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And the Lord called out to the man and said, Where are you? And the man said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? And he said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than the cattle, and more than every beast on the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. To the woman he said, I shall greatly multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you, in pain you will bring forth children, yet your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat. Curse, which I commanded you not to eat. 
Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. Till you return to the ground because from it you are taken. For you are dust and dust you shall return. Now the man called his wife's name Eve. Because she was the mother of all the living. And... The Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. Since, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, you will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death everything that belongs to the sinful nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming, and you once walked in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, and put off all filthy language from your lips, and do not lie to one another. For you have put off the old self with its evil practices, and you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. Here, there is no Greek or Jew, nor uh, circumcised or uncircumcised, nor barbarian, nor synchthian, nor slave, nor free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourself with compassion and gentleness and humility and kindness and patience and bear with one another and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And above all these virtues, put on love, which is able to bind them all together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, giving thanks to God the Father. And um, something else happens. Just a minute. It's gone. We'll wait. And yeah. And then... As you teach one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, joyfully giving thanks, but then whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, joyfully giving thanks to God the Father through him, and devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Now you do Ephesians, she's going to do parts of Ephesians 1. Paul, oh, I don't think I can look at you and do it. A Paul. 
uh, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as God chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we might be before him holy and blameless with nothing to hide. We just pray this in Jesus' name, a little scripture, Lord, from Ephesians. But dear God, we do want to talk to each to you about every single woman who is in this room. You have brought them here. We didn't bring them here. We invited them. But they came for a reason. Because the three things we're going to talk about, Lord, are the hardest things to talk about, to do. You can talk about them, but it's hard to do them. And that's memorization and worship and prayer. But Lord, those are the things that draw us close to you in an intimate relationship like none other. And we know that you are with us, holding us tight, showing us the way, giving us your wisdom, never sparing anything from us, Lord. You give us everything. And Lord, we really need to pray right now. These ladies do not know uh, Logan's brother, Randy. But Randy is a self-starter, brilliant man who has no need for you. But Lord, he has now a very positive, aggressive cancer and we're all concerned because we want him in your kingdom before you take him lord we just pray dear god right now all of us together for randy to find you like i found you and like logan found you and so many women in here found you because you found us lord we never would have looked for you You are the one that found us, and we thank you for that. But we do pray, dear God, for Randy, and we know, dear Lord, that you care about Randy's soul much more even than he does, especially right now. And so we just pray. We don't know how you're going to do it, but we praise you ahead of time for what you're going to do in his life. We thank you, Lord, that we have the ability and the friendship with you that we can talk to you Just like we're talking to a a special friend. You are our special friend. And we love you so much. I pray that the ears, the eyes, the heart, and the soul of every woman here tonight, today, will be open to what is being said. That they will realize that if they do not have an intimate relationship with you, that they're on the wrong path and they need to get off that path quickly and get on the path where they are and you, the best friends, the very best friends. 
Dear Lord, we thank you for all that you have given to us. We just thank you, Lord, for all you are. And we ask this all in Jesus' precious, holy name. Amen. Well, I say we can go home now, right? <laughs> Let's go. So what you saw actually was about a, almost 100 years of scripture memory. Pretty cool. And as I said, Janessa just thought of that all by herself to do Genesis 3, and now she's doing John 3, and, and now her family is getting in line now. <laughs> and, they're, and they're memorizing, which is wonderful. And uh, to be at, uh, I'm not going to tell your age at 91, but when you're 91, why not? You know what I mean? Come on. But at 91, she's still memorizing, and she can mm-hmm. quote it to you. And I say, you know, if, does anybody have an excuse? Let me hear it now because you don't have an excuse. But we're going to try to put together worship and prayer and scripture memory because we realize it just all goes together like mm-hmm. this. We don't know really what we're doing, but we're going to try to put it all yeah, together. that's right. That's true. <laughs> and, yeah. And to start off with worship, because we were created to be worshipers. Mm-hmm. You're going to worship something because you were created to be a worshiper. And when you look at um, Moses and all the people, when Moses went up to the mountain... What did the people do? Because he was the physical representative of God to the people, right? So you remove the physical representative of the people, and what did they do? We have to worship something. Quick, make something. Because they couldn't see it anymore. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And so that's what happens because we're going to worship something, anything, because we were created to be that way. Now, Oswald Chambers uh, put it this way. I like him. Worshiping God is the great essential of fitness. I like that. If you have not been worshiping, you will not only be useless yourself, you will become a tremendous hindrance to those who are associated with you. Okay? You got it? So you got to do this right or you're going to be a pain in the neck to everybody around you. So (laughs) worship is our, our purpose. Now, it's our purpose, right? Absolutely. What do you have to say about the the fact that we're created to be that way? Well, I thought it was really impressive to me was if we don't worship the Lord, we worship other things. Yeah. And I thought to myself, use yourself, absolutely. But even other things, maybe a car, it could be who knows what it is. It's something you put your mind towards, you put your love towards. Here's the thing, ladies. What we're going to be talking about today are the three hardest things to do. So we're telling you ahead of time. We know that. We know they are. Your brain wants to go someplace. Your mind wants to go someplace. When you're worshiping, when you're praying, and you know that that's true when you're praying, you'll start thinking of the grocery list. You know, in the middle of your prayer. Uh, But here's the thing. It's the only way you can become intimate with the Lord. The Lord of the universe wants to be your best friend. How could you turn that down? How could you even say, oh, yeah, well, I'll replace that with something else, you know, like uh, a hot dog or a hamburger. Who cares? (laughs) I mean, it doesn't make any difference what it is if it's not the Lord, it's wrong. Right. 
and you need it. You need this. So what we're going to tell you today, and we're going to try to tell you as much as we can in the short time we have, uh, it is going to reap benefits in your life. You will be able to talk to the Lord and have him talk to you. And I don't mean physically, but he will direct your path. He will tell you when you're on the wrong path. He will send little jabs into your ear when you're on the wrong path. You will not be happy, and that's good. Oh, I'm, I'm, just, here. I'm just here. I know he is. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I wanted to start with worship as our purpose And um, just to tell you a little bit about how I learned to worship, because I had been a believer for about 14 years, you know, and I was a studier, and I was a memorizer, and I memorized like 10 books of the Bible, and I memorized, studying, and I learned the Greek language, and I, and that's how I did it. (laughs) It was great, and I had a great time. (laughs) And then um, my dear friend uh, got very, very sick. And uh, ended up dying. Imagine that. And um, but I had the privilege of uh, caring for her because you don't, you know, when you're taking care of somebody who's dying, you can't do it alone. So her yeah. husband allowed me to come in, and my husband allowed the whole thing, and so I got to be a part of that and watch her. And then and she she and I had worked together and did worship. Uh, to, she was our worship leader, you know, and uh, I was just to, to do what she said. Well, she handed me a book at the very beginning of our time together. And I never read the book. So um, now I'm watching her die. And I'm watching someone who is a true worshiper and is so close to the Lord. And I'm seeing, I am not that. And something has to change. So, I mean, I would be there when we were getting to rush her down to some place in the hospital to do something. I can't even remember now. And she's just... I love him so deeply. I love you so deeply, Lord. And she just, all the time, it would just burst out of her out loud, this love and adoration of, of God. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I, I didn't know. So when she did pass, I mean, I saw her, who someone who couldn't breathe because she had lung cancer. You can't breathe. And yet with every breath, she is praising and worshiping God. Mm. So I go back, and the first thing I do is find that book she gave me. And what is that book? How to Worship Jesus Christ. I should have read it. Well, I did. And I went, oh. Because now I've had a living illustration, a living and dying illustration of it. Yeah. And now I read it, and I went, boy, did I miss the mark. And you can. that's why I said, you know, Isaiah 6 tells us, No amount of intellectual prowess can ever get you into the heart of God. No, how I don't care how smart you are, that's not how you get there. And I'm really glad about that. He says, come as children. And so now I started, and I went to Revelation 4, and I started to worship one sentence at a time. And behold, there was a door open in heaven, And I walked through the door and I saw a throne and one who sat on the throne, he was like a sardius in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne. And I stopped and I went, when was there another rainbow? At the beginning. 
God created a rainbow and put it at the beginning, and then it's at the end as well. Oh, and I fell on my face and I went, I'm in a territory I've never seen or experienced before. I worship you and I love and I adore you. How amazing that you not only created them, but look at everything fits together so beautifully. And I went through Revelation 4 like that and Revelation 5, one sentence at a time. And then about a year later, I had the book of Revelation memorized because I went through it one sentence at a time, worshiping him like that. Uh It's really slow. And so you don't have to read 14 chapters a day. You don't have to study. And with, you know, I love the gal who told me, she says, "Um, well, I was getting married later and I I read 102 books about marriage. I said, really? (laughs) Skim reading. (laughs) I said, you know what? Love and respect him. That'll keep you busy your whole life. (laughs) Well put. Anyway, I don't think I could ever read all two books anymore. Oh, my microphone came off. Okay, wait a minute. I'm going to put it back here. Hello, hello, hello. That's why I don't wear one of those. Yep. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) David in Psalm 27 says, One thing... One thing I have desired, Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and behold the beauty and the majesty of the Lord and meditate in his temple. Now, can you speak a little bit on meditation, Mm. how important that is? Because that's what I was doing in Revelation. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) New York. Oh, my. Well, I hope you can hear us. Can you all hear us? Oh, great. Oh, good. Well, meditation, ladies. You know, uh, I was raised by uh, infidels, actually. They really uh, didn't like God in their life at all or any mention of it. And the Lord reached down when I was 18 years old and saved my soul. How about that one? Is that great? I get on a bus, and a young girl, 18, gets on a bus. Next thing I know, I ask the Lord into my heart forever. So I came back home to my Catholic mother, who was fallen away Catholic, and I told her, Today, something marvelous has happened to me. I have accepted the Lord with my heart and soul. And she said, well, that'll take about two weeks. And I finally, one time when I had been a Christian, oh, probably, I don't know, maybe 40 years, I went up to her and I said, Mother, guess what? It was longer than two weeks. (laughs) But I didn't understand a lot of things because our church was brand new. We had started the church. Um, this church, uh, 1956, oh, something like that. I'm 91. I'm not expected to know everything. <laughs> anyway, uh, and so we had some old saints that would share with me different things, and one of them shared. Uh, meditating 
And so she taught me how to meditate, which is so easy because you take what you're learning, and I am learning the book of Ephesians because I want to be learning when they put me in the grave. I want to be be able to say what I'm learning right then, okay? I don't want to waste any time. Memorization is take the scripture you're memorizing and dwell on it. And you find a place not too comfortable, ladies, because you'll go to sleep. So something a little bit that's jabbing you in the side a little bit to keep you awake. And then you dwell on this scripture one sentence at a time. And you know, I didn't know this girl, but we are so simpatico because we... We love the same Lord, and uh, oh boy, it's been wonderful. So one sentence at a time, you get in a place where it's not too comfortable, and you dwell on it, just like what I've been reading, I mean, memorizing from Ephesians, is that God chose us, and I went, God chose? He chose me? He chose every one of you that know him. He chose you. He has done everything for us. And we need to think about that. What does it mean when you choose, when you choose some, even when you choose a puppy? What, are you responsible? Right. You've got to feed them and take care of them and clean up after them. Well, he doesn't have to do that with us. But he has to do everything else spiritually with us. So this is what you do. You dwell on it. God chose me. God predestinated me. And and all of a sudden, it will magnify itself. And it will bloom in front of you. And your, your desire to honor and glorify him and worship at that time is enormous. And... That's what then you take over into worship. So it goes from meditation into worship. And then your, mm-hmm. your, your love just starts to pour out of you. You adore him. And I, we always say, do it out loud. Mm-hmm. And you know what, moms, with all your children, let them hear you adore him all day mm-hmm. as you're driving them somewhere, every, anywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Let them see you and hear you worship all day. It's our purpose and it's our choice. Now, look, I've had so many women who come and say, you know, I'm just a Martha. I'm just a Martha. No, you're not. You chose to be a Martha. You were created to be a Mary. And that's the thing. Mary made a choice, but Martha made a choice as well. And it's much easier to serve than it is to commune with God. So that's why you go bumping into every woman serving, and there's more bagels than you really need in your life. You don't need that many bagels. Come on. But the thing is, once you learn how to meditate and worship, then you can worshiply serve, and you won't have as many, I bet you. (laughs) But it is very important. You never drift into being a Mary. Never. Because it's hard work. But you always drift into being a Martha. Mm -hmm. That's easy. That's easy to do. You just let yourself go 
but no one ever drifted into being a Mary. But Mary had chosen Christ as her priority. Martha had not. And that's what you need to do. You need to choose Christ as a priority and make him the priority in your life. Worship is our purpose. It's our choice. And it's difficult. She's already addressed the fact that how difficult this this spiritual discipline is. All three of these things are very difficult. Now, I love the. I have to tell this story because there was a young seminary guy. They're also young, and they're very smart. They're way smarter than me. I can tell you, I can barely keep up with them mentally. And that's why I'm glad that God said to us, come to me as a child. You know what I mean? Because that, that would include all of us then. then we don't, nobody gets to be left out because yeah. they're not no. as intellectually smart. But the thing is, he was so great, and he did this great big lesson, and it was just wonderful. He said, discipline leads to delight, and that was his whole point, and it's wonderful. But he was like 24. I said, that's great. And so I go up to him like this. <laughs> okay. Now, that was great. But you're not going to know these things until you're older. But there's more Ds. So discipline leads to delight, leads to devotion, which leads to dependence. Those two you'll learn when you get older. And then I walk back. <laughs> but he couldn't have known that. You know what I mean? Because he hasn't lived, lived long mm-hmm. enough, but he was on the right track. But the dis- you discipline yourself in these disciplines, and that leads to delight in your God. Mm-hmm. And then that will lead to your heart just being devoted to him. And then finally, you get to the fact that you can't do anything without him. I can't do anything without him, and I can't do anything without him, and I know you can't either. Mm -mm, I can't. And it's the most wonderful thing. As our bodies fall apart, it's the most wonderful thing to be totally dependent upon him. And that's the same thing in Psalm 27 that David talks about. One thing I have desired, that will I seek after. You have a responsibility. God always does his part. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. What's the first part? You got to do something. Draw near to him. He will keep his promise and he will draw near to you. All right. So you got worship is our purpose. Worship is our choice. It's difficult and it requires diligence. I think diligence is a better word even than discipline. I think discipline is more like uh, when you're disciplining a child and and when God disciplines me, a diligence, I looked it up in that 1828 dictionary, and it says, uh, it's a great, steady application, constant effort to accomplish what is needed. So I think it's more diligent. So mm-hmm. it's a purpose, it's our choice, it's difficult, and it requires diligence. Okay? You got yeah. it? Mm-hmm. You're going to do it? Yes. Okay. All right. Now, <laughs> do you have anything to say about diligence and all these things? I do because no, I'll, well, I'm a woman. I have something to say about everything. The gift of, <laughs> the gift of gab, right? We're never short on ideas, and we're never short on words. No, <laughs> no. no, but it is hard, and it is discouraging. And if I had you raise your hand, which I will not do, how many of you just think in your head have tried to start to memorize and stopped? had start, started a habit, 
daily prayer at a certain time in your uh, prayer closet and stopped and had time to be able to just read the scriptures and to learn the scriptures uh, and stopped. You don't even have to tell me because I know practically everybody here is the same boat as she and I. And this is not where it's going to be a benefit to you at all. The only benefit to you is going to be if you are diligent. And when you start to pray, you start to think about what you're going to have for dinner or whatever. Stop right then. Talk out loud. Logan taught me this. I was doing something on I was closing my eyes. I'm at my computer, and I'm typing my prayer as I'm saying it because it kept me right there at the second. I mean, I was right there. It also, and this is kind of a good thing, it kept a record of my prayer so when I would go back and look like a year late, you know, a year before or whatever, I would go, God answered that prayer and that prayer, and he did this, and he directed me this way when I was going that way. See, the ladies, you can't afford not to do this. I wish I could see every single one of your faces because I would tell you personally, you can't afford not to do this. If you do, you're going to be aimless and going off in some crazy direction. You only need to be in the direction that God takes you in. And then he will lead you. He will give you his wisdom. He will give you his knowledge. He will give you his path to take. Oh, this is so important, especially how many of you are not married and would like to be. You can raise your hand. Oh, well, that's all right. I would raise my hand. Uh, Pray about this man that would come into your life. Not a boy looking like a man. We don't need, no, we don't need those boys. Some of those mothers have done a bad job with their sons. Well, you all know what I'm talking about. But you pray that God will bring a godly man into your life so that you can have a family and children and teach them about the Lord. This is, just, this is so important that you do this. And if you fail, what are you going to do? Tell me. What? Pick it up again. Yeah, yeah. pick it up again. There she goes. She's, She's the it. only one that's going to do it. She's the only one to do it. Everybody <laughs> else is going to wander aimlessly through life. <laughs> well, anyway, that's my... Well, that was a good one. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell the story that I have known you uh, as when I met you, you were my age now, right? When I met her, and I thought she was so old. <laughs> I thought, I went home and said to my husband, oh, I just met the oldest woman. She's so amazing. And I tell you, it's just a, and here I am. I can't believe it. <laughs> And she's okay. still here. All right, then. I, <laughs> now I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna okay. tell. Okay. You tell a story now too. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the whole church knew Logan Carr. <laughs> Did I know Logan Carr? No. No. I don't know. 
Our paths no, never her, her, crossed. Her, her daughter was at my wedding. Yes. I, still, I still have the placemats she gave me. I know because she doesn't. She doesn't use placemats. Okay, That's the reason. Okay, but the dog up a couple. Yeah. Of them, anyway. Anyway. So anyway. So I'm up in up in the mountain someplace, and I'm teaching memorization. Even then, I was teaching memorization, and she's I come sitting. To the class. Yeah. This is. I'm going to the class. She's sitting in the front row, and so I'm teaching her about how we can take a chapter and then we can have one verse. We'll go in a room. Go in a room. And ladies, don't ever memorize Romans 1 in your bedroom because you always will remember it in your bedroom. But the thing is, they don't understand what you're saying. She puts... She puts things, she puts phrases in certain parts of the room. Yeah. So when she looks at a closet, there's a certain scripture yes. there. So, yeah. and it's, and it's incredible because what I did was I jumped up and I went, oh, that's what they did in theater. That's what they actually did way back in the ancient Greece. Yes, Grecian I know. Times. Yeah. But I didn't know that. I've been spending my whole life in the theater and I went, that's what, how we remember stuff. <laughs> you put it in certain places and that's called blocking. And I went. Oh, and so that's my her first encounter with me. Was oh going, no, 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 oh! no, no, wait, no, 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 no. I'm. We gotta I'm, get back to the subject. I'm the teacher, <laughs> and so I'm very calmly talking about all these things. I'm very calmly talking. When I get to that, the blocking, she doesn't just say, oh, "I did that." She leaps up with her arms <laughs> flailing, and I'm going, "Whoa, what is this?" A tornado in our room. <laughs> we became fast friends. And we became best friends. So worship is our purpose. It's our choice. I'm going to keep us on track. <laughs> it demands discipline, diligence, diligence, and it's something other. There's another point in there. What was it? Yeah, exactly. So here's the thing. And as we move into prayer, as we kind of put this all together... I wanted to tell you the story of um, Dunkirk. I don't know, maybe you're young and you don't get history lessons anymore. If you're homeschooled, you do, but I know that they don't really teach these things. Yeah. Does everybody know the story of Dunkirk? It's pretty amazing. So here's the story. I'm going to give you the story because it's a great picture of prayer. Yeah. So this is England, right? Mm-hmm. And on, in, on the island of Dunkirk, there's... Uh, what, 225,000 uh, soldiers, British soldiers, and they're, they're, they're locked in. See, and in the land, they can't go anywhere. So Winston Churchill does an unprecedented thing, and he calls for a week of prayer in all of England. First of all, you'll never see that again. The whole of England, and we actually know people that are still alive who were little kids then who experienced that. And every church was packed. The parking lots were packed. They were out in the parking lots on their knees. They were in the streets. All of England was praying. And suddenly, Hitler just waited. He could have gone in for the kill, but he didn't. Hmm. Hmm. Exactly. The prayer made him do something else and go do something else for a while. Because he knew he had him, so he just was overconfident, right? And just left him there. And then this guy... This British guy has this wonderful idea. Let's get all our boats and go get the soldiers. Okay, so 
they assembled 850 boats. They were called the little ships of Dunkirk. 700 of the boats were fishing boats, pleasure crafts. They were lifeboats. The smallest was an 18-foot fishing boat. And they were taken over to Dunkirk by a tugboat. All the tugboats pulled all these little boats over there. And the owners of the boats, they were driving the boats. They had their little skipper hats on. They were just out there. They were not soldiers. They were just driving their little boats, right? And you know what happened? Those civilians saved a quarter of a million British soldiers, and they got in the boats, and they took them back home to safety. Prayer, okay? Now listen, prayer is the vehicle that takes you into enemy territory. When I'm praying for my brother, I am going into enemy territory mm-hmm. with my prayers. He has been surrounded by Satan and his minions his whole life. He has taken care of himself his whole life and done an excellent job. He's probably very angry with God. He's surrounded. So my prayers have to go into enemy territory. And that's what you're doing. But you've got to get in your boat. Because a lot of people didn't take their boats. I'm not going in that boat. That's too dangerous. Are you kidding me? Because they that got bombed. They were still bombing that day. But they got in their boats. And Oswald Chambers, another quote from him, the secret prayer chamber is a bloody battleground. Here, violent and decisive battles are fought. Here, the fate of souls for time and eternity are determined in quiet and in solitude without another soul as spectator or listener. But you got to get in your boat. And you devote yourselves, just like it says in Colossians, you devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves to mm-hmm. prayer, being watchful and thankful. Mm-hmm. So what is prayer? Mm-hmm. What is prayer? You were talking about it being a conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You know, uh, I am old, and I realize, but my dear friend here looks like a movie star. She's older than I am. What a praise. (laughs) And she does everything she can do to further the kingdom of God, and that's what I want to do. So you know what? I have always been a prayer, but not even as much as I am now, and there is so much need of prayer out there that I am now seeing everybody like, hello, how are you? How can I pray for you? Because it's so important to me to be right there with them when they, when they have a need. And yes. you pray right then with them. Oh, yeah. You don't wait to get home because you'll forget. You pray right yeah, then. Yeah, but you can't forget. Nope, don't forget. Okay. Okay. No, you take a little, you have a little, little book. And because sometimes we can forget, I have been known to forget. Uh, We're glad you remembered to come today. (laughs) Yeah, I am too. (laughs) Uh, And then you write it down. And then when you get home, I have uh, one missionary girl that left her family and went out into the world. And her picture is on my computer because I want her, 
face to be right there. So I pray and pray that God will save her soul. She's out in the world, and these parents are grieving. Anyway, that's what I'm talking about. I It's got to be, it's part of my life. It's so much part of my life that it's like more of my life than what my life is because I care about that. I really care. Everybody that I know, I call people out. We pray on the phone, and I say to people, come over to my house and cup of tea. have a cup of tea, and we're going to pray together. Because, ladies, that's the beginning and the end of the whole thing. If you don't have that, you don't have anything. You're not asking God all the time, do this, do that, do that. Don't do that. Don't don't be asking God all the time. Pray and praise Him and worship that worship, worship Him absolutely. And it's one continual conversation. Yes, yes, it's very important, very important to have that time in the morning. And we're very Scripture has enough references, <laughs> and and we'll talk about that a little later. That, that it's in the morning is a wonderful time to start your day. But it's one continual conversation through yes, the whole day. Yes, it is. The conversation yeah. never stops. Relationships are built on conversations, mm-hmm. right? If my husband and I only talked on Easter and Christmas, we wouldn't have much of a relationship, <laughs> right? So if you only talk on Sundays, you know, you're talking all the time, one continual mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah. And prayer, there's a mystery to prayer because it's, it's very odd. I mean, think, you're, you're sitting alone, and you're talking. I, I talk out loud. I say, I say that because you can then hear how God moves your thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's Amen. really cool. Amen. Because all of a sudden, you're praying about something out loud, and then all of a sudden, the Lord, the Holy Spirit takes your mind to a scripture. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that scripture. And you literally hear how God is moving you. It's really, really cool. That's why I really suggest that you get alone and talk out loud mm-hmm. because it's, it's very odd to be alone and talking to the creator of the universe. He sees me, but I don't see him. <laughs> he hears me, but I don't hear him physically. I hear him in his word, but it's odd and it's mysterious and it can be confusing. Mm-hmm. And if you try to figure it out, you will go down a black abyss you will go down a hole because I tried it for about a week. <laughs> I tried to figure it out. Wait a minute. What does it mean when it says in Mark 11? Was it Mark 11? Yeah. It says, whatever you pray, believe you've already received it and it will be given to you. Well, what does that mean? Well, I tried to figure it out. And down the black hole I went because I'm not God. And it's not for me to know And then if I had read in my MacArthur Study Bible a week before, (laughs) it's not the believer's responsibility to figure out how that can be true. (laughs) Well, wouldn't that have been nice a week before? (laughs) Just be faithful and obedient to the command to pray. But here's the thing, because you can start doing what's the point of praying God's going to do whatever he wants to do anyway. Well, wait a minute. What's the point of praying? If God is sovereign, he's going to take care of it. And what's the point of praying? I mean, is my prayer really going to do something? And then when something happens, you go, did my prayer really do something? And then you just kind of shiver and quake. And then your pride goes, I mean, you know, it's just an amazing, (laughs) weird thing that happens if you start to examine it. 
So don't do it. Just be faithful to pray because you've just, it's not ours to figure out. But how you can pray believing that it has already happened. Okay, that's a whole different ballgame, girls. Mm-hmm. That means you have got to be so close to the Lord, you know what his will is. Right? Yes. <laughs> She's so good. <laughs> because there's some things that people have asked us to pray about, and we, I go, mm, mm. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't pray about it. And, you know, and it's odd because you think, well, I should be able to pray about it. I go, oh, 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 and I wrestle. You know? So what do you think? Yeah. Well, I think that's discernment. Hmm. You know what? The things we really need to be praying about are not things necessarily. They are attitudes, a person, the things that are inside of us that make us up. Okay? And we know that. We know that. But we want to be more like Christ because every one of us can think of something that we did maybe a week ago or yesterday or five minutes ago that wasn't like Christ. And we need to be more like Christ. And the only way we can do this, ladies, if you start these these three hardest things to do, if you start them, realize everybody else is having a hard time with it because it is we brings so many benefits. Here's the thing. You get so many benefits out of it, and I'll tell you somebody that loves the fact if you stop and you never start again, and that's Satan. Because then he's got you. And he and you can do the things that he wants you to do. And do it instead of doing the things that God wants you to do. Right. And then you go back to Oswald Chambers that says, if you don't do this, you're going to be not only useless, but you're going to be a hindrance to others. Yes. You don't want to be in that camp. Yeah. So you want to keep that conversation going with God. And it requires total dependence and helplessness. That is so key because when you're in prayer out loud, worshiping, worshipful prayer, God is exposing our hearts to us. Mm. He exposes us to us. He exposes that we trust ourselves more than God and that we trust our abilities and our, our talents. Prayer will expose how much we love ourselves so very, very much, the great monster self. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think God. the older you get, the bigger that monster gets. Maybe mm-hmm. you get to see more of it and you just go, ah. Oh, it's so horrible. But prayer will expose how selfish we are. Prayer will expose our unbelief. When you stay still enough, long enough, quiet enough to change enough, you will come to face to face with your unbelief. And then you're going to get somewhere. Mm. Because now you're telling yourself the truth at a level you've never been at before. And it's just marvelous. This is the only part. Um, uh, 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 this is the only part of the victory of prayer, and we must be shown all of this in our hearts so that God can burn it all away, so we can repent of it, and come bowed down, humbled, helpless, completely dependent on Him for everything, and loving and adoring that worship for a Savior and a God who would love us like this. 
There's nothing good that dwells in thee. How do you love us? Mm. Oh, puppies are way better than humans. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> now listen, listen, ladies. If you, if you are depressed or you're, uh, you know, just not having a good day, I want you to turn to Ephesians one, please, because I have been meditating through it and worshiping through it, and Ephesians one. It's like a party with the Lord. He does everything. Oh, my gracious, what he does. I mean, you've got to read this. You've got to read it. And uh, if you say, okay, I can't memorize. I just can't do it. Okay, fine. Then I want you to read the whole chapter one every day for at least 30 days. At least 30 days. And you... and you're going to worship through it. Don't just read it. But when he says that he has predestined us. Lord, thank you so much I for know. including me in, in that book of life. And you stop and you worship at that moment. Oh, wow. That's how you go through yes. your scriptures. De- listen, word by word, slowly, slowly. And you will just be, you will be so pleased in your heart. You will feel so much love. God's love is so evident. It's so evident when you memorize and you meditate on the word. And Ephesians 1, don't forget that because I'm overwhelmed with it. And I have just started really memorizing it. And I am having to stop and worship all the time because it's so glorious. It's just glorious. I I think, you know, I had to cry every time I realized that God would write my name, my name, in the book of life before a tree was made, before anything was made. My name was there. Oh, my. that It just stuns me, and it just makes me so excited. I want him He's my best friend, and I want him to stay my best friend until I go to heaven and be with him forever. I don't, you know, my mother said, he'll be over in two weeks. Well, guess what, Mom? (laughs) It's been 73 years, and I love him more today than I ever have. Now I'm I'm crying over my... I know, so am I. difficult working with her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. It is. But so as you pray like this, you got to be ready to give up what you want. Yes. You got to be ready to give up how you want it to turn out. Okay? Women are really horrible at this. (laughs) Or no, I should say we're really good at this. (laughs) We got a way to figure out everything. We got a way out of every problem. We can come up with nine million ideas in an hour. Remember <laughs> Eve had that great idea. Wasn't that a great idea Eve had? <laughs> Sarah had a great idea. They, I, they're still fighting about that one in the Middle East. That was a great idea, Sarah. So we have a running joke at our house. 
because I learned early, praise the Lord, in my marriage that my ideas were really not that brilliant. <laughs> this was such a gift because I have so many of them during the day. You know, they just keep coming out. I'm a visionary, you know, they just keep coming out. So now they just, my husband lets them come out, but I see that in about 26 years of being married, you know, not, not 73, but, you know, I got a late start. Well, you're, <laughs> you're still working at it. All right. Yeah. But, you know, in those years, I've had, like, maybe four good ideas <laughs> that were actually implemented. Okay? And so this is what happens when it finally happens, because they come out all the time. And I just, you know, I don't care. So finally, when an idea comes out that he likes, everything goes quiet. And I go, was that, was that, a, was that, was that a keeper? <laughs> no, he doesn't say anything. He goes. <laughs> so I go to, so I go to the calendar, and I mark it down. And I'm telling you, about four. <laughs> so, you got to be ready to give up your control. Oh, amen. Amen. <laughs> okay? Yeah. And how you want yeah. it to all work out. Mm-hmm. All right? And that's a tough one. I know I'm praying about a situation, and it's taken me so long to pray myself out of it. <laughs> yeah. I have to pray myself out of the situation yeah. because I don't want the outcome I want. I want the outcome. God's glory has to be more important to me than any amen. temporal blessing. Right. All right? Habakkuk was like that. He was waiting for some horrible, horrible judgment of God to come. And yet he waited with joy. That's a supernatural response. Because he, is, he was so devoted to God's glory that it didn't matter. He wanted God's glory. So he got himself out of it and prayed himself out of it so that God's glory could get it all. So now I want to ask... You know, will God give you what you want? And what about unanswered prayer? You know, what's God doing when you don't get an answer? Because you've prayed for things for, you know, hundreds of years. (laughs) Amazing, I'm here. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. And even your brother. You know, we have to pray believing God can change your brother because he has been his own person all these years and he does not want anything to do with God and Mm -hmm. he's going to die because he's got a very bad, aggressive cancer. And so we're praying, believing that God is going to answer. Now, my mother... I prayed for my mother. My father died without knowing the Lord. And that was the saddest day when he finally just said, no, I really don't believe. And I said, well, you know what, Daddy, one day you'll understand. It'll be too late. But my mother, I prayed and prayed. Then I, then I contacted all our missionaries here at Grace Church. I love our missionaries. And I said, please pray for my mother that she'll accept you. And wow, this, I mean, except the Lord. And that was amazing because I went to her house. I wasn't even supposed to be going to her house. And I went to her house and I, she looked different. 
And I said, Mother, you don't even look the same. And she said, I know. God has given me peace for the first time in my life. She was 92. First time in my life. And I said, Mom, do you want to accept the Lord? I mean, I felt like I, you know, I've been run over by a truck, truck. And I, and she said, yes, I do. Oh, so you know what? I couldn't remember anything except the sinner's prayer. That's all. I just had her said the, say the sinner's prayer. And I prayed for her and with her. And my mother's in glory. And she died a week later. Was it a week later? No, t- three weeks later. Three weeks later. She died. But ladies, please, please, we beg you with our heart, do not forfeit the worship, the memorization. What was the other one? Yeah. <laughs> My brain. <laughs> I, I can't remember either. But it's important. Well, the point I wanted to make with that was the fact that she prayed for her mother for decades. Oh. There were decades oh, yeah. of prayer. And it was unanswered and unanswered and unanswered. And then it did finally get answered. But then she got another answer that wasn't the right answer that she wanted, that she wanted, but yeah. it was the answer that God, yes. in, his, in his great wisdom. So the thing is, yeah. when prayer goes out answered, the temptation is to uh, get out of the wilderness as fast as you can. All right? The, the wilderness of unanswered prayer, we're going to call it. And you, you're, you're doing, what you're doing, you attempt to create a normal life and forget that you're actually not having a prayer answered. So you're busying yourself with a normal life so that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to pay any attention to the fact you're not listening to my prayer and you're not answering the way I want it to be, right? So you're deceiving yourself, all right? It's a game you play with yourself, but it's oh so much better, oh so much better when you stop and you face it. You face it in the wilderness I can't see with my glasses, and I can't see without them. So, <laughs> now hold on just a second. <laughs> but it's uh, it's uh, it's it's thermal grief. Everybody know thermal grief, right? Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, pure, lovely, and of good repute, whatever is excellent, whatever is worthy to be praised. I repeat, thermal grief, and those are the true, right? <laughs> okay, so that's. Philippians 4, 8, you think on these things. If he answered everything quickly according to our timetable, then guess what? We would never change. We would never grow. We would be more spoiled than we are now, <laughs> right? So just because our prayers aren't being answered in our time frame and in our way doesn't mean he doesn't hear our prayers. I love Zacharias. When Gabriel finally showed up to him, it was a, it, that, to me, it's the funniest thing because he's like, he's an old guy, you know, Gabe, I've come in answer to your petition. And he's like, what petition? <laughs> I can't remember. What are you talking? What are you talking about? I'm going to have a child. I, this woman I'm married to is old. She's, she's like this. She can't. <laughs> I mean, it's really an amazing Read through it in Luke. I mean, it's really amazing because he's like, are you kidding? He forgot he prayed it. And God sends the angel in answer to that prayer, but not on his timetable at all. Right? At all. 
So it's just, and I love his answer, Gabriel's answer. Because Zacharias goes, how can this be? And Gabriel's like, okay. I'm Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. Do I need to say anything else? <laughs> I mean, it's just, I love it. Anyway, so it doesn't mean he's not hearing you. And it doesn't mean he's not acting on your behalf. And it doesn't mean he's not doing anything. Read through the book of Esther. And remember, God is in the shadows working millions and millions of things to bring about the one thing every second of every day, right? God loves to take us to the wilderness. He does amazing things in the wilderness because he's taking our hard and prideful hearts that are so prone to wander and he's exposing us to us. Abraham, a lot of people, great people went to the wilderness. Abraham, Moses, Joseph, our Jesus Our Lord and Savior was in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. So if you're in the wilderness waiting for God to answer a prayer, you're in good company. And God is drawing you into the divine conversation while you're there. Get into the conversation with him. Don't stop talking to him. He's building the relationship with you. And God is exposing you to you. That's very important because he's uncovering your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to talk about the church lady before we leave this room. The church lady is a very interesting lady. <laughs> She's a very nice lady. She's very dignified. She's very soft-spoken. She's got everything looking great on Sunday mornings. You know her. There's a lot of them. They're running all over the place. In a church like this, where the standard of God, the word of God is so high, and you think you got to be right up there right now, even though you've only been a believer for maybe a year. <laughs> but I'm going to be right I'm going to do everything right. And you show up on Sunday morning, you're looking great. And underneath is a seething, angry, sad, discouraged, whatever woman. But they, she shoved everything down so that she could be, oh, how so nice to see <laughs> I love you so much. Let's pray. <laughs> oh, come on. So when I, w- I went to Texas one time, and I don't know why I went to Texas. <laughs> I was there doing something, talking to some women. I don't know what I was doing. Because I don't go very many places. No. It scares me. I know. It's scary out there. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So, um, and I was talking about, you know, having a quiet time in the morning. I thought that would be a good talk, you know. So this nice little sweet woman came up to me. And she said, well, you know, I just wanted to know what um, scripture reference is there. And she was so sweet and she was lovely and everything. To, you know, being, uh, to get up in the morning and do it. Do we have to do it in the morning? I said, well, yeah, you know, Jesus got it. Well, and I am just so sick of this. I can't get up in the morning. I am a homeschool mother. And all of a sudden, this vicious woman came out. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. And what was happening to her? She's a homeschool mother. She probably had, what, 112 kids, you know? She was overworked and underpaid. (laughs) She had a lot of problems. But she kept shoving them down so far 
because she wanted to do what she thought was right. You know, so I pointed that out. I said, you know what? You got to tell yourself the truth first about what's going on in you before you can be that sweet church lady you want to be because we want to all be dignified. We all want to be that loving woman who wants to pray for you no matter where you are or what you're doing. We want to be that woman, but if you do not tell yourself the truth, that you have anger in you, that you have all these ungodly emotions, and I tell you, ladies, you look to Hannah. Hannah is the one. Are we having a fire drill? <laughs> oh, the elevator's stuck, and we're not in it. <laughs> down the stairs. <laughs> oh, I'll just go out the window. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it's over. What? This is fun. I've never had seen this experience. Have you ever been this? Let's no, but, but I think you should look at the time. What time? When does this end? <laughs> We do. Okay. We do. We do have fifteen. Okay. Okay. Fifteen. Okay. Yeah. And is everybody all right? Okay. So here's the thing. I, Hannah taught me. Hannah in First Samuel one. I spent a year in that chapter. Yeah. And at the end of the year, I finally figured out what it was God wanted me to see. I'm very slow, but once I get it, I get it. <laughs> She took every ungodly emotion that she had and she took it to the proper place. She took it to God in prayer. There wasn't one godly emotion that she had. Not one. She was anger. She had, she had anger. She was jealous. She was, she was just a, a wreck over the fact that this other woman was married. Was in two wives? Come on. The other one's popping out the babies and she's got nothing? Every time a baby comes, she's probably got more angry. And she took all of that to God in prayer. And what happened? God changed her in the very midst of praying. <laughs> because she left, her hands were still empty, and her countenance had changed. God had touched her soul because she was honest with God. Ladies, that's the key. Forget the church lady. Forget the pretense of what you think you should be. Let God uncover your authentic self and let him do it through your worshipful prayer daily, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. And no matter whether or not your prayer is being answered, you just keep at it. You just keep at it. You keep at it. And you go. And if you've got stuff that's troubling you and you've got lament. I mean, you go to the Psalms. I mean, I, uh, Psalm 77 comes to mind. Off the, off the, I, mark it, I, I mark all my Bibles in, in uh, colors and they mean stuff, but the orange means lament. 
lament. My voice rises to God and I will cry aloud. My voice rises to God and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. In the night, I stretched out my hand, weary. My soul refused to be comforted. You see, it's all about, will the Lord reject me? And will he never again be favorable to me? Has his loving kindness ceased forever? Look at how honest the psalmist is being. The psalmist is not holding anything back. I mean, if you go to another one, it's like they're all over the place, but um, 10, 10 comes to mind. Yeah, why do you stand so far off, O Lord? Why do you hide yourself from me in times of trouble? How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Please consider me. Answer me. I mean, they're just crying out. All through the Psalms, go to the Psalms and use the Psalms. If you're having trouble in any kind of way, you be authentic with God and pour out your heart using this beautiful, holy, blessed word and cry to him and tell him everything that's in you. He already knows it. You're not going to surprise him. And he can take it. Nobody else can. Your husband can't. Your best friend can't. But God can take it. He can take how angry you are. He can take whatever emotion you have. Sorry, I got a little angry. And change us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So forget that church lady, girls. Don't be that church lady. Don't be that little homeschool mother from Texas. <laughs> and you learn from Hannah how deeply you relate to God, how deeply you worship God makes all the difference as to whether you sink down into your situation or or stay locked in your struggle or whether you submit to God's plan, God's will, and God's way and rise above your situation like Hannah did and then she was able to say, my heart exalts in the Lord. My soul rejoices in God, my Savior. Over to you. We haven't even gotten to scripture memory, but we're trying to put them all together. Did we do that? Uh, okay. You have you have a book that. Oh yeah. Everything we know is in eight pages. Yeah. <laughs> everything. So this is almost a hundred years worth of stuff in eight pages. And it's very great. Well, it's so, in, some colors in it too. Some no colors. But it's going to help you. It will help you uh, very practical ways to help you memorize. Do not be discouraged when you memorize. Because, uh, I mean, I'm really having a terrible time trying to do Ephesians. Because then I'll forget this little part of it or that little part of it. But I can't be discouraged. I have to be encouraged because I'm ingesting the word of God. God. I mean, that's huge. That's huge. And you know what? Let me tell you something. When you really need it, when something happens, God forbid, but something happens and you've got to have him right there, you need that help. You need that strength. You need that support. Right then, all those scriptures will come back to your mind and strengthen you and give you the assurance to go on with the Lord 
exactly how he's going to take you during this trial because I've seen it happen to me, and I love these. I dwell on them all the time. I do because I think, how could God love us so much? I mean, he really does. You read the scriptures, and you really feel totally loved. It's so wonderful. Do you, do you have any questions, maybe, uh, if you have any questions? Because it's really about abiding. It's about abiding. Mm-hmm. When you so, you're just in this cocoon. <laughs> yeah, Does it, anybody have any questions? Okay, great. Oh, yeah. And it, re- it hasn't changed so much over the years. I t- as I said, I take it a sentence at a time, mm-hmm. and I color code everything. So I'm very visual. You have to learn. When you do scripture memory, you have to kind of learn, are you an audio learner or are you a visual learner? I'm a visual mm-hmm. learner, big time. I, I can't hear a lot of stuff because I just, my brain just, I just can't digest it. Visually, yes. So um, I color code. All the uh, characteristics of God are in yellow. All the promises are in um, green. All the prayer and lament is in, in, in orange. And all the stuff I'm not supposed to do anymore, that's when I first became a believer. Okay, now how am I supposed to remember this? Okay, all the stuff I'm not supposed to do anymore, I'll put in blue. And all the stuff I'm supposed to do, I put in purple. I don't know, you know, it's just something I can made up. But it's kept, I've kept it. And so I can look at a page and see the colors and I know what's there. So it's like a piece of music to me, you know, so... So I just do sentence at a time. I worship through it. I pray through it. And then I get up. And so don't be discouraged, too, when you sit down and you're memorizing something. Um, uh, now I can't remember one thing I've memorized. <laughs> I was going to choose. But, but the minute you stand up, you'll forget it because you're using a different part of your brain. So you have to then re-remember it. That's why when we came this morning, I had, Janessa did her here in this room because it's a different environment. So you have to do it differently when you're standing in, even in a different room. So don't be surprised when you've worked and I've worked and worked and worked. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And all of a sudden I go, I can't remember it. <laughs> it's because you have to make another groove in your brain. So, and she's, she puts it all over the house. So she puts it, all the things, the blocking, you know what I mean? I'm going to put that sentence over here, and I'm going to put that sentence on the refrigerator and that sentence. So it's, again, it's very visual. Yeah, yeah there's a question. Estella is going, ah, talk to my mom. Talk to my mom. Uh. <laughs> And she's got four kids. No, I'm not. <laughs> I can tell you all of them. So when you're, here's a mom who's raising four kids, and it's like, where's my quiet time? Your quiet time is in front of them. You have your quiet time in your devotional life in front of them. 
Come on, kids, here we go. I'm memorizing this. Can you listen to this while I do this? Mm. Have you ever done that with them? Listen to what I've done. Oh, I know them. They're wild. They're great kids. <laughs> I love them. Luke, Lucas, Estella, Ezra, and Samuel. <laughs> so... What do you got? How old are her kids? Well, they're in our Bible study. Yeah. So I want to say they're nine down to three, right? Nine, seven, eight, and four. Four, four, okay. Well, you need to start getting them to memorize. So if I think if you work with them. Yeah. So if you exactly literally right. start to have your devotion time with them. Here's my devotion time. Okay, if you want to do a somersault, because I know some kids... <laughs> learn and I know especially your kids learn while they're physical that's okay because you when kids learn they don't necessarily sit like this you know what I mean some of them do some of them do and learn that way but some of them learn while they're moving let them move let them keep moving but let them go ahead and start to memorize scripture with you let's get a plan let's you know do Philippians Philippians 2 you know it's a it's a good one and there's even a song that they know, so they already know the end of it. You know, so try that. And then the whole thing is when you fall off the horse, you get back on it. Mm-hmm. And if it takes you three, four weeks, okay. And you can also ask for prayer from your, from your community, from your Bible study. She can ask for, for prayer from her children. From your children. Yes. And she can say, please can we all get together and maybe even explain the scripture that you're memorizing so that they're part of it? Okay, that was worth every, that was worth everything. It was? You get your kids to pray for you. Estella, <laughs> I see you over there. That's brilliant. Okay, that, yeah, that was worth it. Are we paying you for this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a great question. Now, wait, now we have questions. No, wait, there was one here, there was one here, and then go. Okay. First of all, you're a breath of fresh air. I love your energy and everything about you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a visual but audible person also. Oh. Okay, so you see it in the scripture. Yeah. Yeah, I can't take it out of the Bible. I can't. I, yeah, so I see it and I know where to go, what they need or what I need. But I don't, I can't capture the words. Do, and I'm audible. So, so do, you, um, do you memorize songs? Yes. <laughs> Sometimes. Okay, but you can memorize songs. They're easier. I don't know if I want to get in that elevator. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what? Our time is up? Yeah. Okay. I thought so. Oh, good, because I have to think about this. I have to think about this. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming. <laughs>